why don't you just go back to playing Jaws Unleashed? Hello everyone and welcome to the 22nd episode of the RF Generation Playcast. I'm Gregos81 and in this episode, Rich, Stephen, Floyd and I are joined by special guest Doug, better known as Newpoil on the Forum, to come together to discuss two of Nintendo's greatest titles of all time. If you played Nintendo consoles growing up, were you into Super Mario Bros. games? Which one was your favorite? In this episode, the five of us will discuss Super Mario Bros. 3 and Super Mario World. They were released years apart on different consoles, but there exists a rivalry between devoted fans of these titles, and which game your dear hosts will side with may surprise you. Please remember to subscribe to us on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter where our handle is at RFGPlaycast. You can also listen to the show on Podbean and iTunes. Most importantly, don't forget to log on to RFGeneration.com to join our playthroughs and discuss the amazing games we play together. Thank you as always for listening, and now, on with the Playcast. So I think my I have a, like a criticism of Nintendo that's very common that they repackage and re-release their games so much. But it turns out I've I've bought Super Mario Brothers three three times I think sucker not counting however many times the actual cartridge has passed through my hands. I actually have it on the I have an NES copy. I have Super Mario All Stars and I have it on the Wii Virtual Console. And I know I paid money for it. I didn't get it as like a coupon or anything or somebody gave me a code for it. So this is one of those games that I was surprised what a hard time I had with it. And um, Rich, I think you and I have a very controversial opinion of this game. <laughs> probably so. I mean, I think I think once you probably hear a little bit of our maybe our histories with the game or... Um, some of our explanations about probably why we feel the way we do about the game. Um, you'll understand better. I'm not saying you won't send this hate mail, but you'll, you'll definitely maybe sort of understand what we're talking about um, when we discuss the game. But, uh, you know, and definitely, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stay positive and, you know, let people talk. And uh, it's, it's, it's a good game. It, it really is a good game. Um, yeah. It's just, I guess the best way to say it, it's not for me, you know. So, but but it's a, it's a good game. I kind of agree, man. And just so our listeners know, we're joined as usual by Stephen and Floyd, but we have a special guest with us mm-hmm. today. His name is Doug, and he's better known as Newpoil on RF Generation, but we're going to call him Doug at his request today. Mm-hmm. And he uh, was generous enough to share a lot of 
thoughts on the forum thread for our games this month, which are Super Mario Brothers 3 and Super Mario World. Um, but yeah, Doug, welcome to the show. And uh, please let us know a little bit about your feelings. Get us started on the conversation here with Super Mario 3. Yeah, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, we got this game back when it was brand new. And this was one of the few games we had for a long time. I don't know. A long time as a kid, maybe. <laughs> for yeah. the first couple of years, anyways. <laughs> it seemed like forever. Um, but uh, we, my family loved playing this game. Uh, I remember this. We had Super Mario Brothers 1 and 2 mm-hmm. and then 3 and Metroid and a couple others. But I remember those four being really big at my house. and um, I I like playing them and my brother and sister like playing them and my dad did too and we all kind of got together and played this often so awesome have good memories of it well, that's awesome and, and that's that's one of the reasons we wanted you on the show you had you kind of shared your story um on the threads um on our playthrough threads and uh, you know just really impressed with uh, your history with the game um and uh you know we we definitely wanted a um as Sean and I mentioned, um, we're a little critical of the game, so we definitely wanted some uh, positivity about the game uh, <laughs> on the show. Uh, not, not to. I mean, I, I think Stephen really likes the game as well, and Floyd. Um, but um, you know, um, it, it's just kind of good to kind of balance that out and uh, just see what everyone's sort of personal history is um, with the game. Right, and speaking of good personal histories with the game i want to go over the participant list for this playthrough i mean we talked about it on the show and we've talked about it behind the scenes that when we changed the format of the community playthrough for 2016 going to one game uh, you know notwithstanding the fact that we're doing two games this month but it's still in the spirit of what we're trying to do we decided to really cash it in and pick games that we couldn't like people couldn't say no to that's why we're playing two of the greatest platformers of all time two of the biggest nintendo games of Mm -hmm. all time arguably the two best mario games of all time so we had i'm pretty sure the most participants we've ever had on a on a a month playthrough so here's the the long list of our friends who were kind enough to take the time to play the games with us so we got Addicted, Beauchamp, our very own Disposed Hero, Dougley007, Father Jack, who's been doing a lot of awesome participation totally. in the playthroughs as of late. Uh, we have Fleech, myself, High Wind, Akaraniku, uh, good old Jerry Greenwood. We got Neo Magic Warrior. We got Newpoil, a guest on the show today, Doug. Um, we have Pam. Project Nintendo, Russ Lyman, Single Banana, Shaggy, and Watts WC. Wow. Now, Rich, Pam and Watts WC are uh, a team, right? Uh, yeah, uh, they're a couple. They're uh, they're friends of the show uh, on Twitter. Uh, befriended them on there and talked to them quite a bit. Um, they're members of the Cartridge Club, but they also um, have been interested in playing some games with us, and we're really happy to have both of them uh, joining us for uh, these playthroughs. Yeah, that's awesome. We got some good crossover with other people who are trying to, you know, do their thing in the the gaming scene. It's really cool. Absolutely. So yeah, that's that's our our big list way to kick off our our playthrough in in 2016 with some 
smashing titles and a good group of participants. So I guess we could really kind of dive into Super Mario Brothers 3 here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was originally released uh, for the Famicom in 1988, uh, but it came to came to the States in February of 1990 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And it's seen a bunch of re-releases throughout the years, as, as I was saying. And I also just remembered, I believe I have the Game Boy Advance uh, re-release. So that makes four wow. <laughs> iterations of this game that I own. You must really like this game. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Which, this, is, this is very strange for you, Sean, because you're, you're the kind of guy, you're like, I'm cleaning out my collection. I'm trying to go, um, you know, uh, pretty much all digital or you know really limit like what you're collecting and stuff and you've got so many copies of this game yeah it is strange well i do have it digitally so i guess that that counts but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um so the game was was developed by the legendary nintendo entertainment analysis and development or nead or nea as some people call it um and uh Produced by Shigeru Miyamoto and directed by himself and Takashi Tezuka. Sorry, I got a little tongue-tied uh-huh. there. Just fact-checking. So we all know, let's get the el- the elephant out of the room, which is that this game was in that movie, The Wizard, right. which is basically a commercial for <laughs> Nintendo. And most importantly... Uh, Super Mario Brothers three. Did, did anybody take the time to rewatch this movie for for the playthrough? <laughs> no, no. I I, I mean I, I remember it vividly. I mean I watched it as a kid and and I watched it. I went to the theater to see it before the game came out. Um, uh, and so, um, it, it's a very vivid movie. Um, but uh, doesn't quite hold up great. Um, uh, but still not not a bad film. I don't right. think I've ever seen it. Honestly. Oh really. Uh, uh yeah, it's it's worth seeing. Yeah. I think now it falls into the so bad it's good kind of category. Mm-hmm. But I've seen reviews like Nostalgia Critic and I think maybe AVGN talked about it. So I've I'm familiar with it, but I've never actually sat down and watched it. Right. As big of a I do uh, as go big, ahead. as big of a fan of as I am of watching movies, I, I also did not go back and watch this movie, but um I didn't see it when it first came out. I somehow knew that it wasn't going to be good even <laughs> as a kid, but um, I've seen it a couple times since then, and uh, yeah, it's it's a thing. It exists. Yeah, it was a great hype. <laughs> Floyd, the Floyd, have you ever seen The Wizard? No, no, I haven't. Um, and I guess it should be um, mandatory research for for, <laughs> for this playthrough. <laughs> I think you can watch but the whole thing on YouTube. So I mean, it probably it, is on YouTube. It would it would be worth checking out just to see what you think and to kind of get a little backstory into because because like Sean said I mean this is it really is basically an advertisement for this new game um and mm-hmm. and um I, I I can't deny that 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 helped sell copies of the game yeah I actually I do remember I don't remember if I saw the movie as a kid or if it was just in a trailer but I do vivid vividly remember the part of the game where where Mario kicks the shell into the the cluster of uh, golden blocks and the shell is just kicking back and smashing them all like very rapidly. Mm -hmm. And at the time, that was mind-blowing to see because 
you couldn't that was the first time like in, in super mario could two super mario 2 you could pick up stuff but this was totally different mm-hmm. to like yeah. pick up a shell and kick it and it's smashing around on everything like a pinball machine it was really cool looking mm-hmm. i can't remember if that was in the trailer or in the actual movie but mm-hmm. that's that's like a very vivid like scene in my mind yeah. seeing that yeah that was a nice addition to the game i mean that's a that's a great point there's several additions from uh, additions to this game um that um that really like are, are things that you see throughout the series um as as you move on and um i would say super mario brothers 3 is is great in that um you know uh, it, it's sort of a a turning point in the mario series and, and what it will become yeah it definitely is that that this game really innovated on basically super mario brothers one we all know mm-hmm. super mario brothers two was it was a westernized version of a game called doki doki panic i mean i think anybody who knows anything about video games knows that already um i played a lot of super mario brothers two recently and i think it's a really good game i think it's an underrated game i think there's a little bit of revisionist history that kind of sweeps that game under the rug but i think it's really a lot of fun but for Super Mario Brothers 3, they went back to the original Mario mythology with the princess getting kidnapped and Bowser. And they expanded on the fiction of the worlds. And this is the first game where you see uh, the Toad characters as characters. There's the different uh, Koopa kids are in- introduced in this one. Um, and there's there's a non-linear progression system where you move Mario on an on an overworld map basically mm-hmm. which has been used ever since and this is the f- the first game that it was used in so i wonder i mean if we could just talk about that if how you guys felt at the time or how you feel now how does it hold up the progression system the non-linearity of it um anybody t- just take it away yeah this was sort of the first time that you could you you basically were given options in a game where you could um not every time uh but you could actually skip levels or choose your path to go a different way um and instead of using like a like a warp uh which there are warps in this game as well with the warp whistles but um it was you know kind of one of the first times that you know you could say oh well I can skip the third level here and go around it you know so so you you had a bit of leniency with with your options in the game and that was um it was different and it was um it was kind of nice to be able to do that right doug when you were a kid did it was it like mind-blowing that you were on this world map moving mario around i know you were you posted some cool pictures of having fun with the maps and all the little uh details that you noticed if if you wouldn't mind talking about that a little it's, it's very interesting yeah i remember thinking that this was a pretty uh, fun mechanic. Uh, when I was that age, I wasn't so into, um, I, I don't even know if I was aware of them, you know, RPGs and stuff like that. So I think there were probably things on the, uh, some sort of computer or something that probably had an overworld map or the ability to skip levels. But uh, as far as something on Nintendo, on something that I had in my house, this was probably the first time that that occurred to me. And it was... It was a really neat mechanic. I I remember studying the little pictures. I think Super Mario Brothers 3 was talked about in Nintendo Power, which we had a subscription to. And um, 
yeah, just seeing that that was something in the game was great. Yeah, and you still have your strategy guy that you posted some pictures of. It's uh, a little rough. <laughs> <laughs> it does look a little rough. Yeah, actually, so the uh, my sister was over here yesterday, and um, I had it out because of the playthrough, and she's like, oh, I remember this, and oh, she cool. flipped through it too. So, um, yeah, uh, the rest of my Nintendo Power collection doesn't look anything like that strategy guide. Most of the rest of it's in pretty good shape, but uh, yeah, we use that strategy guide a lot. And she flipped through it to the part where uh, there's the the matching game solution uh, picture. Oh, right. And uh, she's like, oh, yeah, I was looking for this. And I remember this part. And so, yeah, even my sister who doesn't really play games still was excited about it. I could have really used that chart because I'm awful at the matching game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, it it only gives you two chances. So if you get the if you get it wrong, yeah. You know, I was watching, <laughs> I was watching the playthrough you had put up there, mm-hmm. and uh, I saw you g- go through the matching game, and I was like, oh man, he just picked random ones, and yeah, pretty much <laughs> the yeah. first time. <laughs> like I'm you not, could, I'm not you good could, at yeah, it, no. yeah. So every time, well, it's all the same. The matching game is all the same uh, items you end up getting. Like each, there's eight different boards, and each board you can get the same. Once you match them up, you get the same set of items. It's just they're scrambled in what order there is. So yeah. um, you always end up with six more items in your inventory, which is something that like later in the game you have to kind of balance, you know, well, I'm going to get six items, but it's going to push some out. So Yeah, right, I started to, noticing I that. that? I, actually, I thought it was the inventory space was infinite until I noticed that they were being overridden. So I had to kind of start using up some of the some of the ones I didn't like so much just to get them out of there and clear up some space. Yeah. 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 And, ju- and just in case um, there's someone out there that has never played this game before and has decided to listen to our podcast. Um, one of the spoilers, <laughs> one, <laughs> one of the things about super Mario three is that you can collect um, power up items to use outside of the actual levels. And you can use those on your character like, um, you know, you can give yourself firepower or like pea wings to fly through the level, um, uh, mushroom to grow if you're small. Um, and you, you can do that before you actually enter the, the level. So that was, um, that was a, a pretty neat, um, addition to the game. And I don't know, um, I'm kind of racking my brain and I haven't played any of the newer games, but is that something that continued on through the series? Um, no, not, not that you, I'm aware of now. Um, yeah, you don't have... Basically, they took the Super Mario World model, which is you can have one item in reserve that you carry from level to level, mm-hmm. at least. Which is nice. Because I was, I was playing um, new Super Mario Brothers for the DS, kind of... Re- like, as part of playing these two games, I went back and played a bunch of other Mario games, too, so I can, you know, expound upon what what was going on, you know, since then or whatever. But yeah, they basically followed the Super Mario world model after that, which is one item in reserve. Mm-hmm. So the whole, like having an inventory is like kind of only a, a Super Mario Brothers 3 thing. Mm. And it was, like you said, new at the time. And that was really cool to load up on raccoon tails and pee wings and like you like y'all were saying like get rid of those stars because they're, <laughs> they're kind of useless mm-hmm. um but I, yeah i gotta go ahead doug oh the wandering hammer brothers that's where you use the stars the wandering hammer brothers oh yeah I've never Very, thought about yeah doing that's that a before. good yeah 
good place to waste them, yeah. then you can just, yeah. Wow. Good idea. Good strat, bro. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what happens when you're talking to someone who only had like, you know, six games for a while. And <laughs> this was one of the best ones. So <laughs> no, no, that's me. That yeah, was no, me too. I can yeah. talk your ear off about TNC surf designs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I just want to, real quick, since Doug brought it up, for those who don't know, we do have a YouTube channel, and you can listen to the show there, but we have also been putting up playthroughs of our games that uh, Rich has recorded and Steven is recording. We talked a little bit about Rich's Contra run, and Steven put up a full game run of uh, Super Mario Bros. 3. So just a reminder, our YouTube channel is not just for a way to listen to the show. We have other videos up there, too. So check it out and subscribe. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, just as far as, like, my personal history with this game in particular, I don't remember, like, owning it as a kid or... Like, I know I did, you know what I mean? Mm. But I, I remember more Super Mario Brothers 1 and 2. Uh, one of my cousins had Super Mario 2, and we played it like crazy. Maybe that's why I like it so much. Like, I have more of a, a nostalgia for that game than I do Super Mario 3. So, um, yeah, I don't... I mean, World, when we talk about Super Mario World, that's a, a totally different ball mm-hmm. game for me. But So you don't, you don't have a distinct 3. history that you remember? No, nothing... Okay. Nothing super special or nostalgic or playing it with anybody special. Okay. So, okay. how about you? I don't know. What? A, yeah. Go ahead, uh, Floyd. Steve. Yeah. What about you guys? Do you have a history with this game? Kind of. Unfortunately, I don't have a history with this game. Um, I had a Sega Genesis growing up, so you know I have more more history with the uh, with the Sonic games. Okay. Um, but my first like the first Mario game that I ever played was was World. Okay. And then I think the first Mario game that I ever beat was uh, Super Mario 64. Okay. So I kind of came in to the series sort of in the middle. Um, but now having this chance to go back and play uh, Super Mario Bros. 3 was really cool. And like I can see why that's so near and dear to people. It's, you know, these two games are really similar. Um, but I guess each thing has its own sort of charming little little things that attract people one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah, and for those who don't know and don't listen to the show regularly, um Floyd, you're what, 25 now? Is that correct? Yeah, okay. I'm 25. Okay. Okay, um, so, so so you you definitely like this you you wouldn't have been around when this came out or you would have been very very young, right? Yeah, exactly. I would have been okay. just like just being born when this came out. <laughs> right, right. So that that explains a lot uh, as far as why you might not have played the game until later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I think if you didn't, uh, if you weren't around when this game, or you're too young or too old for that matter, when this game came out, I think I think the major point of it was this was kind of like the culmination of all of Nintendo's design aesthetic and power on the NES. It was mm-hmm. just um, such a you know a leap above almost everything else up to that point. At least all of the major games. So yeah. Um, as far as you know looks and sounds if you compare it to like the earlier games on the Famicom or the NES it's yeah. quite a mm-hmm. quite a step above them and it's quite impressive yeah and i mean like uh i i, I was able to to pick up on that um it's, it's it's really cool how you have that like traditional mario mechanic of like like the levels themselves and then the overworld and the and the um inventory management and the um 
the mini games of you know picking items out of chests and uh mm-hmm. you know collecting um you know the cards at the end of the levels yeah there it's it's cool how they expanded so much on on the game yeah it's it's this game is not short um in giving out extra lives I mean, there, there's always no, there's, <laughs> they're really generous. there's 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 so many like games and um, you know setups and things that you can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get them inside. Well, let's let's sort of like go through that and name sort of the ways you can get them inside the levels, right? With the green mushrooms, um, mm-hmm. you've got the um, uh, the sort of the matching game as you exit every level, right? The block, um, you can do that. Um, there is. Do you, do you have to match them to get? Lives? You, I think, I think you get, I think get, get more, more if, if you match right them. Mm-hmm. And also, if I, that is one thing that I must have played this game a lot when I was a kid because I have perfected the skill of just running full blast and knowing exactly when to jump to get a star every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So I think when, once you learn that, you can, you, you'll really rack up the, the extra lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, let's see, the other ways, there's the, um, the matching game that you mentioned. Um, Is it like slot? The, yeah, yeah, like the slot machine, slot kind of sideways game. slot machine kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? That, uh, that game is impossible yeah. for me. I, can't do that <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't get a single one on my playthrough. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what What are some other ways? There, there's more. I, you I can get it. Get a hundred coins. That's right. Oh, yeah. You can, uh, in the, the matching game that we were talking about earlier, there's uh, right. one-ups you can get in there. Um, if you do the like the, I posted a picture of how to do this, the turtle bouncing trick. Like if you bounce on an enemy so many times without touching the ground, mm-hmm. it eventually mm-hmm. racks up one-ups for you. Okay, yep, yeah. yep. Um, and you can do that with like the raccoon tail, right? Because you can kind of float and use that to slow yourself down. And as long as you stay airborne and keep jumping off one to the next, you keep accumulating points. It doesn't mm-hmm. even have to be airborne. You can, you just right. can't touch the ground. So if, right. you're, if you're somehow racking up points by standing on a block, right. you'll also... Um, it'll also give you one-ups eventually. Mm, okay, okay. So a different type of turtle tapping, if you will, from the, right. uh, the original yeah. game. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, is that is that something new to uh, no. Super Mario Bros. That was, 3? That was in the first one. Oh, okay. Oh, the turtle yeah. tapping was I could in the never first do one. Do you it. mean like the extra lives, like the availability of extra lives? No, 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 but just like like chaining up, uh, you know, jumping on uh, on enemies. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no. Okay. You could do it in the first one. Uh, okay. It was but, it was a lot harder in the first one. Oh yeah. I think. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. The enemies, I think, were a little further spread out, and you couldn't like float like you can on this game if you have the raccoon tail, um, uh, or the uh, what the tanuki suit. Is that correct? Is that the correct, yeah. correct yeah. pronunciation for that? Um, but um, I would say that Super Mario Three was probably the first Mario game where you could get excessive extra lives without having to do any um without manipulating the game and doing any like you know excessive tricks because i I don't think that the turtle tapping that you do in the first game was actually something that was designed for the game it was just something that um it was just kind of a secret everyone knew how to do right i would say it's kind of a almost uh, i don't know would you call it like a glitch or just like you could just kind of take advantage of that yeah, more of an exploit than yeah, a glitch. Right, there say. you go. That's the right word. But, I mean, the designers did allow that to happen because each time you jumped on a turtle in the first game without touching the ground, you got more and more points until it eventually became a one-up. So right. Somehow they had that in mind, but I don't know. Like in Mario 3, I think they designed a couple areas almost specifically to allow that 
where he's oh, okay. in the first one. The areas that come about where you can do that don't seem to be designed so right. you can do that. Yes, yeah, you're yeah. right. That's right. Okay. All right. So, Stephen, how about you? Any type of history with this game? Um, I don't know. I was I was very young when I had an NES as a kid. Like, I think when I was like five years old, I got a Super Nintendo, and then my my parents gave away my NES. So my my memories of those days are very vague. Um, but I'm I'm pretty sure I had this game because I remember, I, I think I had a cousin who was much older than me who wanted to trade his copy of Super Mario Brothers three for. I guess I had a copy of Double Dragon, which I think was somehow my brother's copy, which he doesn't even play games. He never has, so I don't know why. But I remember he was mad that I traded his copy of Double Dragon for Super Mario <laughs> Brothers 3. But um, I actually don't remember playing this game at all as a kid on the NES. I re- the only one I actually remember playing is the first one, which is probably the first video game I ever played, actually. Um, I do remember playing it more on the All-Stars compilation on Super Nintendo. Okay. Um, and I think the first time I ever beat the game was on the Game Boy Advance port. I think I picked that up not long after it came out. and uh, Yeah, I actually uh, beat it on the Game Boy Advance. But um, yeah, not don't really have a big history with this game. Not, not too much to say about it, really. Okay. So the, how do you guys... Go ahead. Oh, the Game Boy Advance version, when I was... I, I have that too, but I, I think I've put all of maybe five minutes into it. But when I was looking it up... I guess there's an e-reader component to it that adds other levels. Do you guys know anything about that? No. No, but that's... No, I never heard really, of it. Uh, cool. Uh, yeah, I remember that Tell being, me more. being a thing, but I, <laughs> I, I, I never actually used it. So. Yeah, I think I looked it up on eBay, and some of them had the e-reader game or something, and I, you know, used Google and discovered hmm. it. I'm glad that uh, that Doug mentioned the design of this game because I, I think it's great. Um, it's like there's so much rhythm, you know, like he, everything just flows so well when you're in the levels. Okay, well let's let's talk yeah. about the gameplay a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so the the gameplay is like 2D platforming, just like the the first game and the second game, and and again, just gaming history that everybody knows. The actual Super Mario Brothers two was a game released in Japan. We know it as the Lost Levels. Um, that was a lot like Super Mario Brothers 1, just much, much more difficult. So, But but throughout the series, even with the Doki Doki Panic uh, westernization, it's a 2D platformer with running and jumping, and that is still goes on in Super Mario 3 and Super Mario World that we're going to talk about. That's just what kind of games these are. But... As with the earlier games, we have the power-ups we were talking about. We have pipes. We have different parts of the levels. So, I mean, Floyd, you you brought it up. What were some of the things you liked about, like, the platforming, uh, going through different environments? What what were you into as far as that? Well, like earlier you said, um, like, you've got so much muscle memory um, to sort of going through the levels as fast as you can and, and always landing on a star card. Um, 
and it feels like that's really doable in this game um because it at least to me Mar the mario games have always felt like there's some sort of rhythm component um i don't know if anyone else can um can sort of back that up i th i think that's totally true i i have a hard time getting into platformers now even old ones or new ones and mm -hmm. uh, i think part of that is nintendo did such a great job of having that you know nice rhythm but, yeah see, but, and allowing allowing like difficult parts but you could kind of skip over the difficult parts if you wanted so you could kind of like create your own difficulty somewhat so mm -hmm. the game wasn't super easy or super hard it was kind of within a certain range of you know how difficult you you allowed it to be and it just sort of made for a fun and pleasant trip through the game yeah like because i think modern platformers or, or a lot of platformers after this are sort of more about lining up the jumps or, or lining up platforms so that you can do things a little more safely um whereas this it, it's like as long as you're going at a at a steady pace and you're not like stopping or i don't know i don't know how to put it I as long as as long as you're maintaining like a steady rhythm and, and like you're not you're not breaking any of the flow you're you're always going to be fine Right. And I, I think one of the huge components and maybe what you're trying to touch on, Floyd, is that the power ups can make you fly. And that doesn't happen in a lot of platformers. And like Doug well, was it's, saying, it's not about, even just it's not even the flying. It's um, like playing fluidly, I guess, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I kind of see what you're, I'm sorry. I, I see what you're kind of saying, Floyd. And that... like it's it's I think it's hard to explain, but if you you can show it off really easily, of course. Right. It, it's sort of a feel. It's not really something you, you know, you're going to really notice when you play the game or, or play mm -hmm. Mario games for that matter. And I think I, I brought something up on the threads about and I just kind of mentioned it. And it just sort of popped in my head. I was like, I hold down the run button the entire time when I play Mario games. Does anyone else do that? And I thought, you know, that was just something that I probably did, and I didn't realize it. And and then I started seeing everyone respond to it. Oh, yeah, I do the same thing. Oh, yeah, I do mm -hmm. the same thing. And so I, I think a lot of the game is, like you said, sort of based on rhythm and probably the reason, like, we can kind of, like, do that. You know, hold down that button, speed the game up go faster and there there is a certain rhythm and sort of cadence to the game that, exactly, that allows yeah. you to run through it fast you know and and, and promotes that if you will almost mm -hmm. like even if even if you're not holding the run button it still has its own sort of cadence as you put it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there was uh, some other podcast i was listening to a couple months ago and what they were saying. So keep in mind, this is anecdotal evidence on anecdotal evidence, but <laughs> um, <laughs> they were saying that uh, um, uh, when talking about this game and other Mario games that Miyamoto uh, said that they put, maybe, maybe it wasn't Miyamoto, maybe I'm making that up. Maybe it was somebody else at Nintendo, but <laughs> anyways, the point was that when they got to a point where everyone on the design team thought they were more or less done with the game, they said, okay, let's work on it for another six months. And that six months was just polish on the game. So they would, hmm. you know, polish the gameplay and polish mm -hmm. how Mario jumped and how things responded and, you know, what your timing was and all that sort of thing. So hmm. I, I'm guessing that's where a lot of the, you know, good feeling and flow and rhythm comes from. Yeah. 
And that, that shows Probably, you that Mario is yeah. a special series because they, they didn't allow that on a lot of games. You know, I mean, there, a lot of things were rushed. I mean, we talked about Kid Icarus last year, uh, last January, actually, and um, how, how rushed that game was to get out, you know. And, um, you know, there, there are certain games that are, are good games, but, you know, if they were allowed that time they, to be polished, they, they would have been even better, like you know, like this game. Yeah, I think there's quite a few, uh, you know, games outside of Nintendo and Rare and Konami that, you know, fall into like the second and third tier manufacturers on the NES that <laughs> exemplify that, mm-hmm. um, you know, with poor, poor platforming and, um, yeah, just bad timing and weird jumps. I mean, even like uh, uh, the Turtles game on the NES, the, which, which one is it? The first one, mm-hmm. there's a couple, there's a couple jumps that are just awful and they don't they're just so difficult and they're not even difficult in a fun way they're just hard to be (laughs) just because they they designed it poorly so i I don't think mario has any of that yeah that's true and yeah there's a just the highest excellence of quality from Mm -hmm. from first party nintendo games for the most part for their whole existence uh since they've been making video games uh that's why they have so many fans and that's why their first party titles are second to none mm-hmm. to most people, to some people, yeah. to a lot of people. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think. But uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just <laughs> I keep interrupting you. I feel bad. <laughs> no, it's all good. I actually just wanted to touch on. The Super Mario All-Stars version, has anybody ever, well, you guys, a couple of you said you have played it. Did you play it recently or compare the two? Cause I, and I'm asking because I did. And when I was a kid, I remember playing Super Mario All-Stars a lot. Again, my, my memories are just kind of murky of this game in general, but I probably played it more on Super Nintendo, uh, much like Steven was saying he did. And I'm just wondering if if anybody else had a chance to kind of compare the two. How do you feel about the 16-bit graphics, or would you rather play on the on the 8-bit graphics? And what are your thoughts in general? Yeah, I, I did go back and play the All Stars version uh, maybe a couple months ago. I, I played through it with a friend of mine, and that's that's the version we played. And when I played it earlier this month, I played it on the NES and. I didn't really directly compare them, so I, gameplay-wise, I, I can't really say if they feel different. Um, graphically, I mean, obviously the All-Stars version looks better, like on a technical level. Um, I don't know, something about the original NES version, though, that really appeals to me, just, just the style of it. I, I can't really quite put my finger on it, but uh, I don't know, I really like it. I agree. I actually... I like the 8-bit version better, and I think it's it, it's kind of because of what what we were talking about with the graphics and what Doug was saying with th- this was like a near the end of the NES is life cycle kind of, and they were really pushing what they could do. And if you look at super Mario brothers one versus three, you could see how far they smooth smoothed out, like just Mario's Sprite, for example, and, mm-hmm. and his running animations and his, like when he stops and his like shoulders go up and you know, that it, there are so many, it's so much more intricate and detailed. And I, f- I don't mind the 16-bit version, but it's just a, like a 16-bit spit shine on a game that was kind of more innovative in its 8-bit state. 
but that's just I mean either one is great to play mm -hmm. so that's just my two cents on it I was just curious what, what y'all thought about that but so yeah we have um like like we said some great graphics but also some amazing music um I don't know. I mean, I think from both these games, uh, Mario three and world have some, some of the most iconic music, you know, besides the, the overworld theme of the first game, you know, like yeah. only second to that is, is the, the music of these games. So anybody got any opinions <laughs> on the music or <laughs> it's good. Yeah. No, it's, I, agree. I mean, it, composed by Koji Kondo. Yeah, it's it's very memorable music. I mean, I think, um, as as I've mentioned before, when I play a lot of games, um, excluding Mega Man Two, which you know I'm so I'm so in love with that music, but for for a lot of games, a lot of music's not as memorable. Um, but I think that, um, even though I haven't put a significant amount of time into Super Mario Three like a lot of other people have. I think that, you know, the music really stands out as something that I really enjoy about the game and something that I can sort of conjure up in my head at any time, you know, even though I haven't put a lot into it. So I think that says a lot about a game. Do you guys have any um, any themes that sort of stand out to you? The um, the level, uh, when you beat a level ending theme, the dun 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 dun, dun you know that. Oh, of course. You know, uh, of course. and then the, um, you know, the, the map, um, I think, stands mm -hmm. out a lot to me. Um, but, but one of the things, the track that I like the most, even though I hate these levels, um, the airships. I, I really oh, like I really like the music for the airships. Those are my favorite, too. Yeah. yeah it's very ominous mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. dangerous sounding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's good. It's really well done. Um I, I hate the airships, uh, but I, I do love the music in those game in, in those levels. Excuse me. I, I like the idea of those airships, where it's kind of like they're throwing everything at you. Yeah, like this is the, okay, the so. real skill test. <laughs> let's let's pull the lid off of this, Rich, because I think we've you know we kind of exhausted everything else we want to talk about. Um, so I, I, I got to say, I wasn't loving this game for my playthrough for this playthrough. Mm -hmm. And I thought I loved this game. Yeah. And I go through this a lot when I go back to retro games for the playthroughs. Uh, listeners of the show have heard me say, like, I used to love the original Gradius and I just couldn't get my head around yeah. it this time. Yeah. Uh, my reflexes are different, I guess, than when I was a kid. And like Doug was saying, I'm not playing the same. I don't own six games and I'm playing the same one all summer yeah. and just mastering it. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, well, let me um, let me let me pause you right there and just um, uh, just just for our listening audience sure. and just and just say now now I'm not gonna get to, I'm not gonna get this verbatim, but Sean said and I quote maybe not verbatim. <laughs> Oh, so God. I'm gonna prove that Super Mario Brothers Three is so much better than Super Mario Brothers World. I, I do remember you saying that before we. No, no, I think you have that reversed. I don't think so. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I would have never said that. You sure? Because I I set up this whole playthrough so I could just lavish praise and worship on Super Mario okay, World. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not there yet. So, uh, yeah. Um, well, I guess everyone's sort of talked about their history. So let me throw mine in the mix. And the the reason I want to throw mine in the mix, it kind of explains the reason, probably the reason the way I feel about the game. And I'm not I'm not a big fan of the game as 
if you've been listening to this podcast earlier, I think that's kind of what we started out with. Um, yeah. But my history is this. Um, I, I'll be 39 years old this month. And um, so I grew up on the Atari, uh, moved to Nintendo, which was graphically just mind-blowing, moving from one to the next. I mean, you can imagine being a kid and doing that. Um, love Super Mario Brothers. Love the original game. The second game... I think I was in the same camp as a lot of people at the time. I think Nintendo was was really trying to, you know, establish a series, but trying to do something different in the U.S. Um, and you can see this in Super Mario Brothers 2, as well as Link's Awakening, uh, not Link's Awakening, but um, the the second the second game uh, for the Nintendo um, Zelda 2. Um, and and I think a lot of I, f- I feel like a lot of Super Mario Brothers 3, and, and, and I was one of those people at the time who didn't care for Super Mario Brothers 2. I've, I've, I've since grown an appreciation for the game and really do like Super Mario Brothers 2. Um, but you have to understand, when you've played the first game and then you're handed Super Mario Brothers 2, it, it's such a clash. It's, it's such a difference in gameplay and to what you're used to seeing from such an A-list, mind-blowing title. Uh, that really broke, um, you know, video gaming back in uh, to the mainstream. Um, that Mario Brothers three felt like Nintendo's chance at redemption. Does that make sense? Sure, of course, yeah. Um, so there was a lot of expectation behind that. There was the movie The Wizard, which I saw in the theater, um, and you know, I saw the game and um, was like, oh, you know, we have to go get this. I, I couldn't afford it at the time. I, I couldn't get a copy of Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, but my friend, whose parents owned a video store, had it. So I, I did get to play it um, as soon as it first came out. Um, but I didn't, get put, I didn't get to put a lot of time into it. Um, but what little time I did put into it, it just... It, it did not recreate that experience for me that I had when I originally played the first game. And, and I feel like that's what I was looking for. Um, it was very similar, um, and then it had some added nuances, but it just didn't feel the same. And I felt like the disappointment from two and then this redemptive moment that Nintendo was going for, for three, I feel like they didn't bridge that gap for me, uh, that gap from one to three and jumping over two. Um, I, I think they did for a lot of people and, and that's why a lot of people love this game. And they put a lot of time and effort into making it something great. Uh, but um, I don't think that translated well for me. And even playing it in the new playthrough recently, I, I just don't enjoy playing the game. I don't. Um, I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> but it just it just doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't look right to me. And, um, you know, that that's just, that's just my opinion. I know it's a great game. I know people love it. And, um, you know, I'm not telling people to, you know, I'm not, I'm not being one of these hipsters that's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm different from everyone else because I don't like Super Mario Brothers 3. I mean, I really just don't care for the game. I mean, that's, you know, I'm just stating a, I, I guess, an opinion on how I feel about the game, you know, and, and kind of my experience behind it and why I feel the way I do about it, you know? I've- yeah, man, I think... Go ahead, Doug. Oh, I've I've just been taking notes as he's been talking because I'm going to say I'm going to say the exact same thing about Super Mario World. So, oh, come on. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> well, Rich, I think what you're saying is totally fair, and I think the way that you the way you enunciate your thoughts, I don't think anybody could accuse you of trolling or oh, being no. a hipster. I, I don't think it's re- revisionist history, and I don't think you're saying, you know, some people just come out and say like. Yeah. X game was never a good game and we were all stupid for liking it. And I know you're not doing no, that. No, not at all. I think it's a good game. I just, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't click with me, you know? And yeah, it, it, and it's crazy because I, I feel like I have, I thought I liked this game a lot, but trying to play it for this playthrough just tied me in knots. And I, I, the way I described it in our text messages was that it's just giving me the yips every time I play it. And I'm just, dying over and over and getting frustrated it was really weird like i i might have to try it again down the road because i don't think i ever had problems with this game and the only thing i can put my finger on is that i played i i played a lot of the other games before trying to play this one Mm -hmm. and the more modern games have softer physics Mm -hmm. and i i've i've read up a little bit about this when when they made mario maker even though you're you can use uh, the, like Super Mario One physics or Super Mario Three physics, they're actually not the exact physics. They softened everything because they decided that the older games were too hard for modern gamers. And I just got off playing uh, New Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Three D Land, which have very like I don't want to use the word floaty just as a a buzzword because that's sometimes what it turns out to be. But I keep saying softer physics, but that's the only way I can think of to, to say it in Mario three, Mario, he kind of drops like a dead weight. He slides when you try to stop him a lot. I, I found myself falling off of platforms and, and into pits constantly because I couldn't stop him in time. So I I think that I kind of calibrated myself to play the modern games and then tried to go back and play Mario 3 and it I it just gave me the yips and I couldn't do it. Yeah. So it was, it was really strange. Hmm. Yeah, they definitely have a different feel. Mm-hmm. And and I'm glad I'm not alone in thinking that um Super Mario 3 feels like um like slippery or or you know like that Mario carries his forward momentum when you try to stop him. So Right. When, when I'm listening to you guys talk on other podcasts that you guys do, one thing I always wonder is how you actually played this game. And mm-hmm. since Super Mario 3 came out on several different platforms, could you guys run through um, what system and controller you were using sure. for this? Sure. Um, I played mine on a... Um, I played mine on the original Retron, which is, um, you know, plays carts, is not emulated, and it plays straight carts. <laughs> um and I uh, play with a Nintendo Dog Bone controller, the original Dog Bone. So I, I got the same experiences I would have um, with the original Nintendo setup. I started playing it on the Wii, the Virtual Console, with a Wii room with a actually the classic controller, but I was not finding that to my liking. So I played it on the Retron Five, both. Super Mario All-Stars with the Super Nintendo controller and um, the NES cart with the regular uh, block NES controller. Yeah, I was on um, original hardware with uh, with a Brit controller, uh, but I did try it out on my Retron 5 for a bit. Mm-hmm. Just because, like you guys said, 
the the game looked different and i didn't see anything but where we've moved past the uh the look of the game yeah Steven? yeah i played on uh original nes and original super nintendo with the all-stars with you know original controllers so mm-hmm. yeah and i played it on the original nes with original controller and i have one of those not that it matters the blinking light win yeah. thing done to it yeah but i played yeah. it on my on my uh lcd or led tv mm-hmm. mine is mm-hmm. fairly good about not having latency but yeah, that was part of it too. So. Yeah, I, I do. I do. Um, I have recognized some of that latency in, in some of the TVs, the newer TVs, especially playing on the Retron Five, and it, it can affect jumping and things like that. Uh, we played. Yeah. We were up in Connecticut. We played Mega. We ran through Mega Man Two, a bunch of us from uh, RF Gen, and um, the, the lag is as we came from that trip. Uh, we we had a phrase that was called the lag is real. And uh, we, were, we were we were definitely experiencing that because Mega Man Two is a game that I can almost play blindfolded and fly through. But I was missing right. jumps, and it was, you know, I definitely know what you mean as far as um, kind of getting an idea of what people were playing with and why you asked that question. Yeah, I, I just want to add that I, uh, I I was selling a couple of cartridges for um, Super Mario Brothers Three and Super Mario World, and I just I put them in my Retron Five just to test them, and I they felt awful on the on the Retron. It's, yeah, it's it's night and day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some games do. Yeah, for for a game where you need like precision mm-hmm. like this, it's it's not suited to the retro. Right. No. Retron five. Right, right. RPGs are perfect, but uh, yeah, uh, yep. more yeah. platformy games. I would say um, you almost want to stay away from. Mm-hmm. And so. like like so, RTV. Like I have CRTs too that I could have played this on, but uh, our LED is fairly good. Like it has a mode for TV and a mode that's like the computer mode or something. And the computer mm. mode supposedly eliminates nearly all of the lag. Oh wow! Okay, um, but other TVs I don't think do that as well. So I think it's kind of hit and miss on the the make and model of your television. Yeah, yeah, I played on a CRT, so um, yeah. All right. Well, cool. Um, nice. So before we move on to world, does anybody have any final thoughts on uh, Super Mario Brothers Three? Anything we forgot or? Highlights or lowlights? I, I or did want to ask. About? I wanted to ask Doug about the um, like secret white mushroom houses and the white airships because I I've never actually seen those in the game. Mm. I was just kind of curious what they are and how you find them. So the the white mushroom house is more difficult to get. There is, um, I think it works out that there's one one level in each world and maybe not world eight. I'm not sure where you have to get a certain amount of coins and then the white mushroom house appears. And okay. it's it's almost always one of the levels that auto-scrolls. It might always be a level that auto-scrolls. So it's it's pretty difficult. In World 1, it's level 4. Mm-hmm. And you have to get... Um, I've got it right here in front of me because I have that playthrough guide. <laughs> um, you have to get 44 coins for that. And that's probably one of the easier... Uh, levels to do it in, but it's still somewhat difficult. Um, getting the uh, um, the ship is easier, and it's actually pretty easy. Uh, I'd, I'd have to flip through my book to see exactly what the, the, the rules are, but it happens in odd-numbered worlds, so one, three, five, seven, and you have to you have to get a number of coins that's like 11, 22, or 
no, maybe it's odd ones, maybe like 11, 33, 55, and then you have to have the 10 digits of your score match up to that, and then you have to stop the timer on an even number. So that sounds like a complicated thing, but it's actually a lot easier than getting the White Mushroom House. And then the airship appears, and then they just appear somewhere on the map. So it might not be somewhere where you can get to immediately, but somewhere where you can get to eventually. And so, like, what do you, what do you get? Like, if you go into like the white mushroom house, is it just like a regular mushroom house, or is there like a special item? They each have one treasure chest, and mm-hmm. they either have a, a P wing or an anchor. Hmm. And the anchor, uh, when you so like, if you get to an airship and you die on the level, and the airship flies away. Well, if you had used an anchor, the airship can't move, okay. so it just stays in one spot. So. It's not really super useful, but there are some maps where you can skip over levels and the airship could go hide behind a level so you could, right. um, you know, keep the airship from going somewhere where you can't get to without fighting another level. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I never, I've never seen those and I just, when you posted all your pictures, you, I know you posted a picture of the airship and uh, I'm not sure if there was a mushroom house, but I just, I've never seen those, so I was just curious about that. Yeah, the airship just gives you a whole bunch of coins, and then like okay. maybe there's one up, so maybe you can mm-hmm. get three ups because there's you know well over a hundred coins, and then mm-hmm. maybe there's a one up at the end of the airship or something. Okay, cool. Very good. Some cool secrets. I actually forgot about all that stuff, but I don't think I don't know if I ever got them, but I know that probably some kids on the schoolyard would talk about the the ghost ships or whatever. Were some of the were, were some of the items that were used in this game were they used in future games? I mean, um, I, I know like there's like the Hammer Brothers suit, uh, these special items, uh, the boot that you hop around in, and I know you can do these things on uh, Mario Maker, but um, you know the, the Tanuki suit, the Frog suit. Were there were there other games that these items were used in, or were they exclusive to Mario Three? In 3D Land, you have the raccoon tail. Mm-hmm. Same, okay. same. Right. Uh, you don't now. You can't like run and float with it. It just provides you with that like swiping um, ability. The swiping ability and the dr- drifting down slowly ability. Oh, okay. But there's no like propulsive flight ability like in Super Mario Three. I see. So uh, yeah, and there's 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 others, but that's the one that sticks out mm-hmm. to me the most. Yeah, I wonder why they abandoned some of those. Yeah, the shoe is so fun. That's There's only one level in the whole game where you can get the shoe, and that's yeah. just such a great item. And, <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> when you get the Hammer Brothers suit, there that's also a rare item, and it's mostly much later in the game, like levels World 6 and 7, I think. And I always, I always end up saving those and not using them because, I, you know, they're so valuable, but then I end up playing through the whole game and... <laughs> they're still in my inventory because I, you know, I don't want to use them. You can't take them with you. Yeah. So 
I think it, if anything else comes up about Mario 3, we're going to be comparing 3 and World anyway, but let's bring World into the conversation. Uh, this is the follow-up to Super Mario Brothers 3, but this is now for the Super Nintendo. This is a 16-bit console. It's a massive upgrade over the Nintendo Entertainment System. So uh, World launched in August of 1991 in North America. It ended up being a pack-in title for the for the Super Nintendo. That's how I got mine. And unlike Super Mario Brothers 3, this game I have a ton of nostalgia and oh let me just throw out there it was it was developed by the same team as Super Mario Brothers 3 uh Shigeru Miyamoto and Takashi Tezuka with again Koji Kondo doing music and unlike Mario 3 I again with with World the music is is like part of my life um the overworld music was the ringtone on my phone for a very long time <laughs> so it's funny my wife <laughs> well like she's been like walking in the room while i'm playing mario world and like is that your phone no you changed your ringtone two years ago <laughs> every time i hear it i think it's your phone still <laughs> so it's it's kind of funny but um are you like why don't you just go back to playing jaws unleashed <laughs> <laughs> No, first of all, I would never talk to my wife that way. <laughs> but no, they. This game. If I could just start with my personal history, I I remember this. The Super NES was something that I wanted for Christmas, and I ended up getting it. Whereas the NES was something that was my family's and video games were kind of new in the in our world let's just say um and i remember in my mind i talked my father into buying us an nes and i distinctly remember going to sears and buying it but the super nintendo i felt like it belonged to me it was mine my family was not really playing video games mm -hmm. at the time and i can still remember that the three games that I played on a constant basis were Super Mario World, Super Mario Kart, and Super Castlevania. Mm. And those are still like three of my favorite Super Nintendo games and three of my favorite games of all time. And Super Mario World, unlike Super Mario 3, playing it again is just, it's like a warm hug like playing this game again everything is just so comfortable and familiar and i i'm not even to i'm barely to my own checkpoint that i just posted which is the forest of illusion because i'm so busy i was just going to run through the game but i can't help but unlocking every single secret mm -hmm. because i know them all and it's like it's like muscle muscle memory just to to do and I do it in crazy ways too and I'm I'm getting carried away here but <laughs> <laughs> before we get into level design and the secrets and everything uh, how did you how did you all get into this game is it from your past or did you get into it now for the playthrough or whoever wants to go what's um what what's particularly interesting in what you said was um and this is something funny about growing up um when we did my my parents did not want me to have a Super Nintendo. It was one of those cases where, well, you've already got a Nintendo. Why do you need another game system? You know, right, so right. I had to wait years later, of course, um, and not not many, just a few years later to get one. But I, I find it funny now that, um, you know, video gaming is is such a um, 
it, it's such a cultural thing now that it wasn't back then that my kids, if they ask me for a game system for Christmas, I'm like, oh yeah, sure, let's do that. You know, right. I mean, you know, I mean, Hell yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, there's not there's not going to be any argument from dad. You know, mom might right. my mom might have a few things to say, but um, you know, you know, all in all, um, I think that's a really cool thing and something that has very much changed culturally, and um, just something I wanted to point out real quick. Um, my history, um comes from um see i was i was in junior high which was at the time they do middle school now but i was in junior high which was seventh through ninth grade and i remember i dated a girl in ninth grade um and her, they had a super nintendo at their house what was cool about it is her mother was the one that played it all the time and her mother was one of the best super mario world players that i've ever seen and she was so awesome at it and um when I would go on dates, I would always want to go over to her house because <laughs> I would want to play video games, which probably made me a horrible boyfriend. Um, but um, that's one of the distinct things I remember about the game, and I would just watch her do, um, you know, just secret things in the game that I'd never seen before, like the multiple ways out, um, you know, the ghost house battle where you actually fight the the giant boo, and, uh, thing, uh, you know, Star World. I'd never seen that before. I was like, whoa, where did this come from, you know? Uh, so, um, that, that's one of the things I really, you know, really, really like about the game is, um, the diversity of the game, the, the, the amount of secrets in the game. Um, uh, just, um, you know, one of the reasons I think it's so fantastic, but anyway, that's my history. Anybody else grow up with this game or everybody just jumped in for the playthrough this uh, month? I... I did have this game because, like we said, it was a pack-in with the Super Nintendo, and I, like I mentioned before, I think I was five years old when I got mine, and I remember playing it a good bit. I, I'm pretty sure I never beat it when I was a kid. I actually think the first time I beat it was for this playthrough. Um, oh, wow. I, th- I think as, for, as far as I have gotten um, it, as I was a kid was maybe the Force of Illusion, maybe a little bit past that, I'm not sure, but... Yeah, I actually played it for this playthrough with a friend of mine. We we co-opted and we we did most everything. I think our I think there's like 96 exits and I think we got 95. We're, we're mm-hmm. not sure where that last one is, but uh I was thinking about that, Steven. I think like with the Star World, like there's secret mm-hmm. exits in the Star World, but I think you have to do the regular exits as well. So maybe you just missed one. I I, I don't know. I think we connected all those, but oh, wow. I mean, I'm, well, I'm whether really you connect sure. them or not, there's two different exits. For yeah, each level. But, yeah, one that won't give you okay a i see what, i see what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's it you're like you could be right but as far as i'm concerned it's you know we, we completed it so <laughs> but uh, it was actually funny my friend of my my friend he actually um was one who beat the game like he he beat beat bowser so i technically didn't do it but uh but anyway i uh yeah this is the first time i actually had, had beaten the game so it, it was it was cool to finally knock this one off the the list though not cool, technically Floyd. I Wait, know what? <laughs> though not technically oh, right. <laughs> he, he knows which of the two of us is the better one between me and my friend so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right, I'm, I'm still calling if, shenanigans if he, if he can do it I, I, can I, I, do I it gotta get an edge better. over you any way I can I'm gonna call shenanigans <laughs> well I know I didn't have this game so I, I must have played it at a friend's house and um so I, I kind of only just dabbled in it and, you know, a few levels here, a few levels there. Um, so I don't have a lot of personal history with this game, but 
it does feel like um i don't know why but it kind of I, I i can relate to that um warm hug comment that uh sean made um like it, there's there's something really i don't know really fun and pleasant and and happy about coming back to this game and and you know actually really playing it for real this time is is really fun yeah i think my comment on twitter was just i posted a photo when i beat the game and just put just like riding a bike you know i mean it just <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it just it feels natural everything feels right and you know i, I didn't have any problems I, I remembered where you know the different exits were and you know it was you know um i, I didn't have any problems whatsoever all right, now, Doug, lay it on. Bring the pain, Doug. <laughs> lay it on us. So, Super Mario World is is a game I always think I should like. I think I should love this game because, in, in my mind, from looking at it and the the bits I've played, that it it seems like it's just a you know, Super Mario three you know, plus one or you know it's just it's that plus you know all the extra fun stuff that you know they could add when they had the new console but mm-hmm. we didn't buy a super nintendo when it came out i think this was actually one of the first systems i got when i was older and collecting older systems um but we rented this so this is actually uh the only game console i remember renting is a kid. Oh, wow. you could go to the um we had a pharmacy in town that rented consoles oh, wow. and games and <laughs> i remember renting really consoles cool. and games but wow <laughs> pharmacy the, the funny thing is so my cousin works at that pharmacy now and uh i asked her i said you know when i was a kid they had all these video game things like do they still have some of that stuff wow. and she says oh you know i think just like a couple of years ago they got rid of it all oh <laughs> in the dumpster probably yeah yeah, yeah. so but it's <laughs> <laughs> a so, shame man but Super Mario World, I've I've tried to get into a few times, and I'm still working on it. It it's kind of I get into it, and I'm kind of like you know I've played Mario before, and yeah, this is just more Mario, and you know I'm I just want to play the Mario I'm used to. So yeah, um, do you think your love for um, Mario Three maybe clouds your enjoyment? Like like for me, like my my disappointment in Mario Two probably clouded. Um, a bit my enjoyment for three do you think that three how much how much you love that game clouded you know oh yeah i'm sure yeah and and part of it too is you know when you have mario like i ever since we've gotten our nes i've had it Mm -hmm. hooked up you know continuously Mm -hmm. so it's Mm -hmm. always been right there for me to play right and and like i had said when you know playing through mario 3 like I was looking for the cart and I ended up finding it in the NES because it was the last NES game right. I had played. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's always been there and present. Whereas Super Mario World, I didn't get until a few years, maybe eight or 10 years after it had came out. Right. Right. I mean, we, we had rented it and I had played it elsewhere sure. briefly, but, um, you know, when the, the one thing you think is so great is present and the other thing isn't, you know, in the forefront of your mind. Right, um, right. Yeah. Well, and and I think that's that's sort of a big thing that I, I think I think a lot of people who like, you know, who are gamers just don't understand. I, I think a lot of people's perspective in as far as what they like and what they don't like has a lot to do with their situation. Um a lot of times when they came into something, 
um, you know, is, is, you know, we've clearly pointed out in our, you know, varying opinions in, in both games. So I, I think that, you know, you know, you can't say someone's wrong, someone's right. I, I think it, it, it has to do with the time when you played it, um, what else was going on. And it's, it's a personal thing. I think gaming and video games are, are very personal. And, um, you know, for that, for that reason, um, you, you know, I, I'm, I, I try not to be very critical of, of what other people like. Um, when, when that, uh, person is opening up the Game Boy cabinet and saying, we've got the best games here. It's the, we've got the best games here. So you should look through this cabinet. And I'm like, Oh really? What are they? And they're like, Oh, Pokemon, uh, red, yellow, and blue. And I'm just kind of like, <laughs> but I mean, and that's just me. It's when I grew up, you know, I, I, I was, I had aged out of that part of my life. But, um, if you look at anyone's top 10 list, those are going to be on there. You know, and, and I and I respect that, and that that's fine. But um, you know, I, I think again, it's it's just it's a personal thing. It's it's when you grow up, when you played something for the first time. Um, like you said, you had only rented the console, you didn't own the console, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, it, it's just different life experiences with with a lot of things, not just video gaming things in life, right? Yeah. So I've I've been kind of curious. Um, do you guys find it easy to get into platformers that are, you know? similar to Mario in some platformy way nowadays. Like, so there's platformers that come out, you know, that are current games. How easy do you find it is to get into those games? They still you make platformers any? these days? <laughs> oh, everything was, was third-person like, shooters. What, what ones are <laughs> there? <laughs> you know, so I the only one I can think of that I've liked, and most people might not even think of this as a platform, is uh, mm. Trials HD. It's the... It's the dirt bike oh, yeah. motor- motorcycle game where you can, you know, flip off ramps and. Oh, I and, have that actually. Yeah. I actually I got a recommendation. That's like a, um, that's a collection on the 360, right? I think Limbo's on that and Trials and um, I can't remember yeah. the other game. I'm trying to look at it right now. Miss Explosion Man is on that. I have that disc too. Yeah. That's that's a good compilation. Yeah, yeah, I was recommended that, so I picked it up. And then there's been some uh, like similar games that are obviously you know mm-hmm. taking that into account. Like there's. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. I have one on Steam that's a similar sort of game. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of them, like, um, I guess, like, games like Super Meat Boy and then, like, I would say maybe even Axiom Verge um, has right. a lot of platforming elements to it. Um, well, yeah. What about, like, there's, like, Ten Second Ninja? I haven't played that. Oh. Never even yeah, heard of that. that one. Oh, really? Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a... Uh, you get ten seconds per level, and <laughs> it, it just has tons of levels. And, um I'm sure someone listening to this will know about that game, but um, it's it's all meant to be like, you know, just super quick. And I mean, obviously you get 10 seconds per level, but uh, most levels are one screen or or just very simple numbers of screens. And you just go through it super quickly and hit each pixel perfect jump as often as you can and hope it works out. But yeah, it's, I think it's similar to Super Meat Boy. Yeah, so I, I, I think it's accurate. I think it's accurate to say Super Meat Boy and um, and the Mario games are, are you know, similar because um, they, they both, you know, really heavily rely on um, on getting into into a groove. Precision. Yeah, precision. 
Doug, you seem to know a lot more about current platforming titles. So, <laughs> well, I just wanted to turn the question on you. That Do you feel that you're kind of chasing... I know you don't like Mario World, but maybe a Super Mario 3 kind of feel? Or, I mean, a lot of these games are going for nostalgia with their right. graphics and mechanics. Do you feel like you're being satisfied in that way with what's out there now? Well... <laughs> So I was actually hoping that some of you were <laughs> in, into current platformers so you could let me know. If but. you've listened to the show or <laughs> heard me talk on the forums, you should know better than uh, to think that of me. Um, I've played very few. So like other than the ones I've mentioned, um, I so we got uh, my nephew a, a 2DS a year ago and he finally came up to visit and I had gotten him um, the new Super Mario Brothers 2. The, the very awkwardly named game. And uh, <laughs> I played that for a little bit, which was, it It plays very Mario-like, and it's actually pretty easy. Earlier, you guys were talking about how easy it was to get uh, uh, new Marios in Mario 3, but new Super Mario Brothers 2, it's just, <laughs> I played it for a few minutes, and I had 22-something Marios, and I had never played the game before. And, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, uh, that's, uh, I think, I think we've exhausted my list of new, new platformers <laughs> that I've played now. I just haven't found very many that I've gotten into. Right. Right. Well, I think, I think the only new platformers that, that I've played are, um, Metrico on the Vita. And that, um, is more about solving puzzles and kind of like aligning, aligning platforms to get from point A to point mm-hmm. B. And then uh, Fez on Steam, and that's that's I don't know that's not really, I guess it's a platformer um, because you do have to jump and land on platform, but I don't know it doesn't it's nothing like a Mario game. Yeah. Well, I think Mario sixty four probably changed the way we thought about platforming. It, you know, when you introduce three D, I mean it, mm-hmm. it completely changes the way you you feel about. Is this a platforming game? Is this not a platforming game? Um, that's fair. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's that's how I feel. I mean, I, yeah, I'm I'm not a '64 Mario '64 fan, and it just it doesn't feel platforming to me. It feels like I'm doing so much to change or adjust my angles and my camera that that I'm not. It's not. It doesn't flow like older, more retro things that we call platformers do. Um, just a personal feeling about that but anyway and i think yeah bringing it into uh into the 3d realm changes everything about platformers absolutely especially you know, flow kind of, that you were talking about yeah yeah it's a whole different flow it's sort of like you lining up with the level mm-hmm. yeah so in Super Mario World, they did change up a lot of the power-ups, and they had something that was similar to the raccoon tail, but maybe a little slightly more challenging to use, which was the feather, which gives you the cape. Yeah. Yep. It's very similar in that it gives you the you know, forward propulsion that can make you run that I was talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, or, or to fly rather you run and then fly but you have to do this kind of rocking f- forward and back on the d-pad to make M- mario like kind of scoop and he's slowly losing 
altitude, but you, if you're good at it, you can really make him fly very you far. Fly and similar, yeah. You, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of levels you can, you can really just fly through the if whole thing. If you do it right, you can maintain your altitude without falling at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I was actually never able to do this very well as a kid, but during this playthrough, I, I pretty much mastered it. Yeah. So, and you could just fly That's through awesome. an entire level if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I used to be very good at that. I think that's one of the things that I'm not quite great at. But one thing I do pride myself on is being able to take off and fly with very small uh, runways, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah. kind of running back and forth and knowing to jump right at the last second as soon as because you, you only gain your momentum until you turn around. But I have done there are ways that you can get to secrets and levels just by doing that where you should have to uh, set off a switch palace and get the blocks set up to jump on. But there are some levels that if you, if you really finagle the flight of the Cape, right, you can like shoot straight up into the the area. You need to get the key to open the keyhole, which is how you find the secret exits to the levels. So, I guess I'm maybe back up a little bit. So Mario World has an overworld map similar to Mario 3, except that it is just one world, which is which to me is really cool. Mm -hmm. You're not just going like a green world, then a desert world, then a water, then lava. It's it's an entire world where you certainly do find those environments but it's one cohesive map and i always thought that was awesome um i don't know if you guys have any comment on that if you prefer it this way or you rather have your segmented like you know world one world two or because they 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 went back to like doing world one world two kind of thing in new super mario brothers and in super mario 3d land and and so on so no, I know what you're saying. I, I do. I like the I like the overall sort of projected map. I think that's nice. I think it it it, it makes the experience feel more cohesive, if you will. Um, having all that out in the open together, um, and you know, as you as you move and you find these secrets like these, um, you know, like the um, uh, the warp tunnels um, secrets and the um, uh, because it's not really warping, but it's like you can find these like tubes. Um, and then you've also got sort of the star road, which acts as somewhat of a warp as well. You can you can make it all the way to the, um, you know, closer to the end with the star road. Yeah, I really like the way it was done in world, just having one large cohesive world. And uh, it's, it's you know, it's like, like we said, it's a concept that was introduced in three and I just feel like it was built upon and improved in world. Um, and like Rich said, you know, you can just you can jump in a warp pipe like towards the end of the game and it can bring you back up somewhere relatively early in the game. And this is kind of cool seeing where you're going to pop up. And it's because it's just one one world, you know, it's not like these eight distinct worlds like it is in three. But uh, yeah, I, I like it. Well, how about the um, I, th- I think something that um, kind of showed up in this game for the first time and, and something we get. And, and later Mario games, which which I really like, are the the ghost houses. Um, the the ghosts um, um, kind of kind of become their own sort of presence in this game, and I think that's that's kind of neat. A, a lot of uh, have a lot of fun in the ghost houses, uh, um, and and of course you know if you're looking at them, they'll stop. But if you turn your back to them, they'll come at you, which is kind of a neat mechanic, and uh, you know something I always found was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, the ghost houses are very unique in that they have those ghost enemies and also that a lot of them are puzzles to even get out of the normal exit Mm -hmm. of a ghost house. Um, You have to carry P-switches through doors and, and repeat, and then you have to sometimes carry P-switches and go up vines and there's all kinds Sometimes of crazy you gotta stuff. you got to fly to get to those places. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, the ghost houses are really cool. And uh, the music, again, uh, it's interesting. The music was again composed by Koji Kondo who, who did Super Mario Brothers 3 as well. But Super Mario World is kind of cool because most of the music is, the, is a variation on the same tune. Mm. Um, if you, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's all dun 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 dun. Uh, if the you know the overworld, the underwater levels, the underground levels, they're all different variations of that melody, and it really makes everything more cohesive as a world. I think I th- I think that's what one of the reasons I've always loved that music, and it's still like again it was my cell phone ringtone for a very long time. <laughs> But uh, I don't know if you, if, if any of you guys feel the same. Like I, 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 where in the in music in Mario Three, I liked it a lot, but I don't have any like passion for it. I don't have anything I can say about it other than it's good music for a video game. It's iconic and everything else. But I think with World, it just maybe it's the nostalgia uh, speaking. But I still can't get enough of that music. No. Nobody likes music. <laughs> no. Okay, so. no, no. I was just waiting for someone else to talk. <laughs> no, I, I like the music as well. I think it's I think it's really well done. It's memorable. Again, it's you know something that I could kind of pick out in my head at any point. Um, and um, uh, unlike Super Mario Brothers three, um, it, it's because I've put so much time into the game and played so much of the game that that it, it's memorable for me. But um, with that said, it's it's great music and. You know, it's something I really enjoy listening to. But uh, I, I'd never um, put it together like you did that it was part of sort of the same melody. Um, even though the the castles are a little different, right? I mean, that melody's different. It's the dun dun yeah, dun, there are, dun 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 dun. Yeah, there there are there are exceptions to that, sure. but in general, it's it's variations of the same theme. Right, right. But you're right. It's it's not. 100% throughout the game but uh but yeah I'm just glad we're back in castles we're not having to go to damn airships anymore just <laughs> be honest Jeez. that's true it's, it's just nice it's nice to have a platform too, we covered this. yeah it's nice to have a <laughs> what did you say <laughs> said, three has castles too we covered this yeah I, I know but it's not the same it's not the same it's not the same oh lord Jeez. you know what I'm, you know so, what I'm saying so the other major thing in Super Mario World is Yoshi yeah. uh, uh, being introduced as a character and a gameplay mechanic. And uh, I have a coworker, a friend of mine. I told her I'd give her a shout out on the on the show today. Her her, her name's Erin Sky. She's um, if you, I'll just say check her out on Twitter and Instagram. She's at Erin Sky XO. I told her I'd give her a shout out. I asked her what was her favorite thing about this game because she was kind of psyched to hear that we were talking about it. And she said Yoshi. Yeah. And um, I think this is such a major upgrade that it was, it's in, like Yoshi is in Super Mario World as a mechanic mm-hmm. and not 
repeated again. It's almost like the inventory system in um, in Mario Three. It was just kind of left. Be- it was a great idea for that game, and was kind of left behind. Yeah. Am I? How do you guys feel about Yoshi? And we can talk about different colors of Yoshi. I posted on Twitter, yeah. you know, red Yoshi is the best Yoshi because <laughs> he breathes fireballs no matter what no color. Matter what, you what, what? Yeah, no matter what color shell you got. <laughs> so I don't know. I I, I think Yoshi is a big part of why I like the game as well. Yeah. So I yeah. don't know. How do you feel about Yoshi? Uh, it's it's fun. It's it's got that sort of cutesy element to it as well, like you said. Um, Yoshi did appear in the. Um, on the NES before, you know, being on the Super Nintendo, though, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. Mario sh- is missing, or? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure because I don't know, and I could be wrong about this, I don't know the release dates, but, you know, you had games like, um, there were two games on the Nintendo, uh, Yoshi's Cookies and... Uh, oh, that's right. What was the other? Um, it might have just been Yoshi. Uh, I think it was but, just called Yoshi. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was, they, were, they were like puzzle games, right? Two puzzle yeah, games, yeah. So, right, right. Um, it, it's nice to see this character and, you know, sort of the integration of this character into this game. Um, unless I'm completely wrong and those two games were released at a later part of the life of the Nintendo, but uh, that's something we'll have to Yeah, but either out. way, there, there's so many things you can do that... Okay, first of all, when we were first, before we even started playing these games, I think I texted you guys, the percussion changes when you're riding Yoshi. Like, how cool is that? The music changes when you're on Yoshi, and it makes the, it gives like a a low end to the percussion when you're riding him. It's so cool. And also, we all know about the the sacrificing Yoshi or whatever because you can get <laughs> yeah. you know if you're about to fall down a pit you can jump off Yoshi and and you lose Yoshi and that's kind of a like a joke about yeah. the game and there's there's a part of the game where that gets you to the next level um on the um the lower long bridge if you do that and you jump if you float down with the cape on Yoshi and you go below the flagpole and then you pop off of him to jump behind the mm-hmm. flagpole it takes you to a new flagpole and that's the way to right. um, you know open up that level, which is which is cool. So, yeah, I right. I do I, I like Yoshi. I think it's a, I think it's a great addition to the game. Um, like you said, it's, it's a lot of fun. It, it's neat. It's it's strange though. You just you you punch it punch him in the back of the head. You just donkey punch the guy and he spits <laughs> his tongue out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of weird, but at the same time. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a fun addition well, to the change, game. It it allows you to conserve. It changes lives the way you play too. the game too. Yeah, it changes the way you play the game. Sure, sure. You can be a little more yeah. reckless, you know. Yeah, Yoshi. Doug, anything about you? Yeah, <laughs> Yoshi. Yoshi is always one of the things that I think should really draw me into Super Mario World because it's something that's not present in the other games. Yeah, or the the previous games, anyways. So much, and um, I think I should, you know. It's a, it's another way to explore levels is to play as Yoshi, and that's one thing you know that's always been fun about the Mario games is you can play through the levels differently. You can you know fly through them as fast as you can, or you can you know try to get as many points as you can, or you can you know try to get to the different areas or go down different pipes, or you know play through as little Mario, play through as you know Raccoon Mario, or or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, Yoshi should be. Uh, you know, something that draws you into the game. It's I think it's a 
a good addition to the series. Yeah, that coward won't go right. in a ghost house, though. I'll tell you that. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, nah, I'll be right here. Like, See you later. <laughs> I always thought, I still think that's so cute, though. That the little, it's almost like a little cutscene. You pull up and and jump off, yeah, just and, bouncing up and down. <laughs> that's adorable. Come on. But yeah, so that. No, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. So we have those. We have Yoshi. We have our new power ups. Um, we also. Oh, I remember what I was going to say now. So we have like Super Mario Brothers three. I'm going to admit totally that that was the more innovative title that every every Mario game since then has taken. Basically, been almost like sure. a carbon copy of Mario three in a lot of ways. Not in every single way, but in a lot of ways. But Super Mario World even though it was just iterating on Mario 3 in a lot of ways, did add some things that we still see in games. And what I'm thinking about specifically is collectibles besides just the coins. And I'm talking even more specifically about the dinosaur coins, which there are five in every level. Mm -hmm. And they're not required in any way, the way they are now, Mm -hmm. like in Super Mario 3D Land and... There's a lot of other games where you have to find the stars. You have to find three stars to unlock and progress and everything. Mm-hmm. They're not quite of that significance in Super Mario World, but those dinosaur coins, they're they're fun to hunt for. If you want to find all five and you get you get a one up for that. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious. We know that uh, Steven is is a big collector when he plays games. Were, were you looking? I mean, you were trying to one hundred percent this game. Were you trying to get all five dinosaur coins in every level, or did you just kind of just breeze by them because they don't have any real significance? I mean, if I saw one, I would go for it, but I wouldn't like you know scour through the level, making sure I tracked them all down. It just like you said, there's just not enough significance to really warrant that. So. Yeah. And the game doesn't really track them in any way. Like even if you go back to the level, it doesn't say like you've collected all the, the dragon coins. You know, it's just exactly. Yeah, there's no real right. real significance. It's very to minimal tracking them all down. Yeah, a very minimalistic uh, sort of achievement, if you will. But but like you said, it doesn't track it. Maybe if it was part of the Assassin's Creed series, they would track every single one that you got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you'll be climbing up watchtowers. <laughs> to find, uh, yeah, somebody making Assassin's Goombas. Creed with Mario. Make that happen. <laughs> Another thing I want to touch on is is the boss battles. We talked about the Koopa kids being introduced in in Mario Three, and we didn't we didn't really touch on the boss battles. So we could probably just lump them all together because you're again in in World you're fighting the Koopa kids again. Yeah. Uh, there's a little bit more creativity in the boss battles, if I dare say. But I would also say that the boss battles are so easy in Super Mario World that I can understand why world gets a little bit of a bad rap for being much easier than its predecessors and they're the the boss battles are uh repetitive um each boss battle i think you do um maybe not each one i think there's one you don't do twice but most of them you sort of do twice they might 
they, they might add like an extra fireball that bounces around the room or the, the room might tighten up quicker or, um, right. but, um, you, you know, there, there's not a whole lot of variation. Um, you've got the sub boss battles too, with the, um, the Resnor, which is the, um, the triceratops that go around on the wheel. Um, and that's the same each time. Um, so, um, you know, one of the things that, um, other than Bowser, um, there's there's not a whole lot of variation in the boss battles as you as you go through the game, and that's 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 a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, I agree. I actually don't think either of these games do boss battles particularly well, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. Um, I guess World is a little bit of a step up. It's a little more variety, but the ones in three are very repetitive. Um, but yeah, I just I almost wish the boss fights weren't there at all, honestly. Um, just because I feel like they kind of, they kind of take the, the the pace of the game. Like we talked about, like the the, the fluidity of these games, and it kind of grinds that to a halt. Um, but yeah, I just n- n- not a big fan of the boss fights in these games. I mean, if you took them away, it would cease to be a Mario game, wouldn't it? I mean, that, um, that's that's something that. Well, I mean, it's something that's in every Mario game, isn't it? I mean, the first one, second one, mm-hmm. the third one. I mean, it it would almost cease to be a Mario game. I mean, I think that's, I guess for a lot of people, that's sort of like a mini achievement that you you play in the game that makes you want to play more of the game. That's how I always felt about them anyway. I mean, it was always good. Oh, well, I beat um, Lenny Koopa or, you know, whatever, you know, moving on, you know. Yeah, and I think the boss battles in World particularly serve the purpose of delineating where the worlds would be in other games like how i said in in mario 3 you got distinct worlds that you go from world to world but in this one it's more you feel like you're progressing when you take down a castle and take down one of the koopa kids because then you're going to move to an area that will be different from the area you were previously in and it's usually marked by that boss battle so it's a little bit more for progression i would say in in world that's a really good point um and i don't think it breaks up the flow really yet like it is a change of pace but um i don't know it's almost like uh not a palate cleanser but like it's it's a little bit of a, a breath of fresh air to be doing something just a little different i mean it still has a lot of the uh platforming elements and a lot of the stuff that you did in the levels leading up to the castle are similar, but it's just different enough to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah. You guys got me You got me thinking about the uh, boss battles in Super Mario Brothers 2. Some of <laughs> some of those are pretty fun and that's I was I was trying to think what like if you were going to make a boss battle, I mean what would you do that's different and Super Mario Brothers 2 kind of has a different sort of take on it. Yeah, so. yeah 2 yeah. has really good ones. Well, you know, some really good ones you, that I can remember. Yeah, like Mouser yeah. and then... Uh, right, yeah, Mouser. Yeah, I was thinking about Mouser I can't remember the Hydra's name, but I remember the Hydra, and then you've got the Birdos, uh, who yeah. are kind of standard bosses. Mm-hmm. What, this is a real quick aside, but did you guys do what I do when you played against Birdo and just <laughs> see how far the egg would take you, if you <laughs> when you jumped on and just ride it to the, to the end of the screen or whatever? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Isn't there's one level in that game where uh, you meet a birdo like at the beginning of the level and you actually have to ride the egg to oh, yes. right. That's somewhere right. else. Yeah. yeah. I think it's in a world that people would often uh, warp past, but um, yeah, there is at least one level like that. Yeah. So I, one of the things that f- you just brought up Floyd is, is the, like you're always doing something different kind of thing, like a, a change of pace. And I think that's something that, uh, again, people praise Nintendo for this as far as a like a game design philosophy is that they'll have mechanics in a level that you'll see it in one level and you'll you'll never see it again. And I I don't I don't want to steal th- this is something this, this is something I honestly have heard Patrick Klepek talk a lot about. So I don't want to you know this isn't an original thing that I noticed, but I've heard him talk about how in in the galaxy games in particular, there are mechanics that it'll just be something really cool and you do it in one level and then it's gone forever. And they could have made an entire game (laughs) out of it. And in world, we do see like some of that, a little bit of that. And what I'm thinking about in particular is like climbing the fences and you're climbing around and you can punch the turtle (laughs) if he's on the other side of the fence. (laughs) And like, or like the platforms with the switches that you can switch. Yeah. If you the platforms when you jump up and hit the switch and it changes the track, like there's all these like cool little things or like the 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 platforms that are spinning like a like a pinwheel. That's only in like one level, isn't it? You know, there there are like a bunch of these little nice little touches, the moving platforms, that, like over the lava. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And or and there's all these again, it kind of plays into the same thing. The, the little em- embellishments and attention to detail that we were talking about with Nintendo in general and their game design. But like how you how in this game you stomp on a turtle and he comes flying out of the shell and is walking around a little bit. Or if there's like a fish out of water, like just these little cute little things. And I wonder do you guys notice that do you have any like favorites like little touches there's there's all these like little things that like oh that's cute like i don't know maybe it's just me because i love this game so much i don't know that's a good question i gosh it's that's that's a that's a tough one to answer i I think sort of on the fly though you know what i mean i mean i I know what you mean there are little touches and i I wish that was something i was thinking about as i was playing the game but I, i think you're right i mean there's there definitely are certain areas and certain things that you do in the game um, that, you know, they're only like these little nuances. Like you said, there'd be like a fish flopping around and you can just, you don't even have to jump on it. You can just run up to it and knock it away. But I mean, you know, it's, um, it's those like little touches that you kind of figure out. Like, like someone might be playing the game and they might jump over it to avoid it thinking it's going to hurt them. But now, you know, I'll play it and I'll just run through it because it's flopping around. You know, it's just or even like uh, it just popped into my head the animation of the feather after you knock a feather up out of a question mark block it's a two frame animation right it's a feather on a 45 degree angle and then the same thing inverted yeah, yeah. and just the way that is animated going back and forth and slowly drifting down is like a feather would like a 16 bit feather would float to the ground. Like just the way they did it is perfect. You know what I mean? I guess one of the things for me that I like is the, um, you know how you can get these like infant Yoshis that pop out of the egg. Sometimes you can grab them and run them around and, Oh yeah, you gotta feed them to make them grow, you know? Yeah. That's, that's fun. That's awesome. 
Oh, you know, what? I had a really funny. I'm glad you brought that up because I had a really funny moment. I don't know if this has ever happened to me, but I was in the first Star Road level where you get the red Yoshi at the very bottom. And I was trying to get him to grow. I was carrying him around and I had killed all the turtles, but I had a mushroom in my my reserve. So I hit select and the mushroom came down and he ate it and he grew up. That was the last thing I needed Ooh. for him to wow. eat. So I was like, yeah, I did. Like, you know you can I, do that. It was a weird, uh, weird strat, but I, I figured it out. It I've cool. carried one around and eaten all the blocks and f- fallen through the bottom of the screen before on Star Road. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> So, so yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, you guys were talking about like interesting things that happened. Um, there was the two videos that got posted in the the forum uh, about the speed runs, and I don't know if you watched them or any other speed runs, but people often take advantage of you know uh, glitches people know about, and often ones people don't know about. Um, what do you think about the uh, you know the if you've seen any some of the 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 glitch runs or speed runs that people use for Super Mario World that yeah, take advantage so just for, of these interesting things. For clarity, those two videos, I posted those. Those were task runs that they just did uh, at, at GDQ. Right. And like I posted in the forum, I don't know like what's going on, <laughs> especially yeah. in the world one. They, they used a major <laughs> glitch that I've heard about. I've heard about it and I still don't really understand it. But there are, I mean, do you do you have any other ones in mind from either game that is that the is that the like zero exit or whatever they call yes, it? Yes, that's that's I believe that's what they were doing. Yeah, I think when it was discovered, it was it was it was a tool assisted thing, right? Which right. is like mm-hmm. writing up a computer program to basically play the game, from what I understand. Right. Um, but no, I think at a at some point during last year they discovered how to actually do it um in person i think you need two controllers to do it but it's it's doable it's insane but it's apparently doable yeah that one that takes place in one of the like the first level or the second level where yeah yeah you're they say you're actually writing to the code of the game you're rewriting Mm -hmm. code and using uh overflow errors and that sort of thing yeah that that's the one yeah yeah, that's crazy now. I don't, I don't see how people have time to figure these things out. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. I, I know they should be out, you know, spending time scouring eBay and thrift shops for games rather than... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's like, you know, um, when when we were long, younger, we only had a couple games, so you're going to learn everything there is to learn about it, sure. right? Maybe so. Yeah, and I think that mentality, you know, coupled with being an adult and a lot of these guys know about programming that they, you know, Mm -hmm. people get into the guts of old games now Mm -hmm. for various reasons, but a lot of them are discovering things like this by by getting into the programming of the game and finding these exploits and skips and all these crazy things. And that's cool to, you know, to be so passionate about something that you want to break the heck out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's great when it's not something that I'm into so much. I'm aware of it and I've seen a few of them, but I think it's great that people are excited about it and exploring old games and new ways and, you know, being able to do these things. Yeah, I think I got into watching those videos when we did uh, 
Super Metroid, because I think someone posted something like, you have to see this, like how people exploit that game, um, which was just incredible, you know, and uh, it is interesting, like how much time people put into certain games. Mm-hmm. I could never do that. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't have the attention span to just focus on one game like that, like some people do, but it, it's... It's quite amazing, and you know, kudos for the uh, the people at uh, Games Done Quick and what they do. You know, it's amazing that they that they yeah. um, uh, you know that they uh, have uh, created a charity for that, um, and it's it's just fascinating. Yeah. Um, so I think I've exhausted everything I want to say about both of these games, but I'll, I'll definitely open the floor to any, anything that anybody forgot or wants to bring up or anything I forgot, you know, any parting thoughts for either game. I'm glad that we've made it this long with having things to say about two, you know, simple, you know, simple in quotes platformers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, know, no, that's a really good point. I mean, you saw my notes or there, there was not much to, I, I had a hard time writing notes for these games because it's like, what, what the hell are we going to say? <laughs> right, right. Well, I think that's funny too. And I've noticed this um, in our podcast is one of the funny things is it, these games that we play that we're so familiar with and other people are so familiar with, it's really hard to talk about them. Um, like, when we played Parasite Eve, for instance, it's a game we'd never played before, and we could just kind of gush about it and talk about it, and, um, you know, there, there's so much unfamiliar territory. There's always plenty to talk about, and when, you, when you're so used to playing a game, um, and, you, and you play it, you've played it in the past so many times over and over again, it really makes it tough to come up with topics and things to talk about because you want to talk about things that are interesting to other people, but these are things that most people um, have already pretty much experienced, right? Right. And subconsciously we know that as we're talking. So there, there are so many things that you think kind of go without saying (laughs) about these games. So yeah, that's why it's when we play a game like 50 cent blood on the sand, we can like explain it and right. tell everybody like what's really Here's cool why about you should it play kind of this. Thing. Right. Oh, you right, you've probably exactly. never heard about this. This is why you should play this. Um, but with this, it's um, such familiar territory to so many people that it's hard to bring up something that's new or um, or anything like that. We can just pretty much talk about our histories and the way we, um, you know, sort of feel about games. But um, next month, um I, I can say for sure a lot of us are going to be playing a game that we've uh, <laughs> we've never played before, and we're going to have a lot to say about it. So, That's true. Yeah. So join us, please. <laughs> yeah, Stephen, uh, can you give us a little uh, preview of what, what we're playing in February for the yeah, our uh, February playthrough is going to be Folklore, which is a PS3 exclusive. It's uh, kind of an action RPG. You... Uh, control a young girl named Ellen and a man named Keats and you go into this sort of netherworld realm of the dead kind of place where you can uh, sort of defeat and capture these spirits of uh, what they call folks in the game and you can use those to sort of battle other creatures and um, I, I've started playing it it's it's really interesting I, I mean I really like the art style and the music and I'm having a good time with it so hope we get some people to check that one out yep very cool. Yeah, I've started it too. It's a pretty neat. It's a. It's definitely a neat game. And if if anybody wants to join us, come to rfgeneration.com. It's free to sign up to have an account there if you don't already. 
uh, go to the community playthrough sub forum where we already have a thread for folklore and that's where we have our discussion threads for all the games we play and uh, so I guess that about wraps it up I just want to thank uh, all you guys for being here and, and thank you Doug for joining us and, and for sharing uh, sharing your thoughts and memories of, of these great games and uh, you know being on the air with us yeah thanks Doug yeah yeah, thank you for having me. It was, it's been fun. it up for another episode of the playcast did our opinions enrage you or warm your heart log on to rfgeneration.com to tell us all about it and to join our future playthroughs speaking of future playthroughs in february 2016 steven is bringing us a hidden gem exclusive to the playstation 3 with the action role-playing game folklore Thank you as always for listening and we'll see you next time on the RF Generation Playcast.